So how are you doing today, Heifer? Great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm super excited for this conversation. I've been looking forward to it for a couple of weeks now. Just to get us started, uh, you are famous because you're one of the other few women in the jungle. And part of the reason why you entered was because of a certain bow-tied ox. This is a big topic lately in terms of what is a high-value man? How can you get one? And since you have snagged such a high-value man, and since mainly men are listening, what are your tips for those men listening for them to catch a good wife? Well, first of all, I never give relationship advice. (laughs) I don't think you should take relationship advice from a woman if you're a man. We think so much differently than what they're thinking. But one thing that worked really well for Ox that I I personally went for was how transparent he is. Mm-hmm. Like from day one, he has these strong opinions. Just like the confidence that he had in himself. That That's what attracted me to him. He's super masculine, you know. Being around that energy, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to marry this guy. <laughs> Do you think confidence ever goes too far? Is there a limit to the confidence where it becomes arrogance or cockiness or there's no limit? Sure. Yeah. Like there are some really, really cocky guys out there, but it usually has a lot to do with how they look too. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good Unfortunately, point. Unfortunately, that, like that's the truth, you know, biologically, yeah. we don't select a mate based on just like their personality. So basically what you're saying is if he's hot, it's confidence. If he's ugly, it's arrogance. Not always, but <laughs> usually, yeah. We're dropping black pills. That's what we do here. So you're totally right. So I feel like you just announced your pregnancy literally two weeks ago, but it turns out that the baby is almost here. So if you could just tell us a bit about how your first pregnancy has gone and do you have any tips for future mothers? Yes. So far, the only thing that I have had a really bad experience with is the early symptoms of nausea, like in the first trimester and heartburn. But Other than that, pregnancy has been super smooth. My best advice is just like, you're going to get a lot of advice thrown at you unsolicitedly. It's not always going to be what you need to hear. So you just have to have a filter. Sometimes you're going to get really great advice and you're going to be like, oh my God, that's exactly what I needed to hear. But other times you're going to get like paragraphs of this is how you should be doing your pregnancy. You don't have to listen to those people. Go with your instinct and your gut feeling. You were designed to do this. So yeah, yeah. (laughs) I know you've been keeping up with your fitness while you are pregnant. Sometimes people caution against that, but what's your take on going to the gym while pregnant? I mean, I'm still like pressing three plates per side and I'm not having (laughs) any trouble. Like I just did that for a 10 the other day. I'm like, wow, I could have got four plates. I say don't hold back unless there's some complication. Some of the stuff that I've mentioned in my substack, like placenta previa, you don't want to like give your body a reason to have an early birth or yeah. Uh, but lifting in general is healthy for your baby. It's great for cognitive development. I would not stop exercising unless a doctor's like, okay, you're gonna hurt either yourself or the baby. Mm-hmm. You need to stop. That's the only reason why I would stop lifting. Right. Or, you know, like, listen to your body, of course. If you're tired, don't go to the gym. Don't Mm -hmm. go hurt yourself. Yeah. But definitely still go. So I know you do these crazy fitness competitions, and we're going to talk a bit more about that later. Do you have a plan for, like, 
post baby, what's the time frame that you're looking at to start going that level of fitness again? Well, that will be based on what kind of delivery I have. <clears throat> I know I definitely want a natural birth, but that doesn't always work out in your cases. If I end up having a C-section and recovery takes longer, I'm not going to push myself like, yeah. oh my God, I'm not in the gym. I hate myself. No. I do have a plan next year to compete again. There's there's women that could literally bounce back within a week of their delivery yeah. and be back in the gym. But there's also women that don't get to lift again for six months. So you know. No, totally. I think listening to your body makes a lot of sense. And from what other people have been saying as you've been documenting your pregnancy that you can make all these plans, but things change. Things that are unforeseen and just flexibility, adapt, do what's best for you and for the baby. I'm going to be really interested to see your like mommy makeover though and how quickly you do it because I have a feeling as soon as you get back in the gym, you'll be right back to where you were. For those who don't know, heifers ripped. <laughs> so, oh, thank you. That would be good for, for me to, to see that. Like when women get pregnant, sometimes they never bounce back. They use that yeah. as an excuse to like eat poorly and then you know, the baby weight won't come off, the baby weight won't come off. Are there in some cases where that really is true, like some women cannot bounce back? Or is it always just, it's just going to be harder than it used to be? It's hard to say, because every, every woman that I've come in contact with that uses that excuse isn't doing anything to get rid of the baby weight. I've never met a person like a woman that didn't lose the weight without trying. I, I have to think that it's a lot harder, though, of course, than before. Yeah, oh yeah, maybe. for sure. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not saying that there there aren't women that aren't trying, but they're just not doing the right thing for their body. I, I like to give everybody the benefit of doubt, but when you're like two years postpartum and haven't been to the gym and then say that the baby's the reason why you didn't lose the weight, that's just kinda like no. Yeah, I agree. So you were talking about like in preparation for the baby, you've been really focused on the nutrition. So what are the things that you really need to be eating to help your baby's development that may have been different from what you were eating previously? I want to say I haven't changed it like that much since being pregnant. I stay away from like anything high in mercury, like canned mm -hmm. tuna, which I used to love tuna. So <laughs> that was a that was a big one. I've learned that it, it just depends on your pregnancy, too. There are women that can eat sushi raw while they're pregnant but I didn't take the chances but pretty much just whole foods I don't eat as many carbs I eat more protein because he needs more protein and especially while you're pregnant um women tend to lose muscle mass yeah especially if not working out so you want to have your protein higher have you noticed any big changes in things that you are experiencing so are you super tired ever do you have crazy cravings Yes, I do have way more energy problems. I do like to sleep a lot more than usual. For cravings, not so much because I take magnesium glycinate and it curbs my appetite. The hear... craziest thing that I did have like appetite-wise was like buffalo chicken spaghetti. Is there any sauce on the noodles? They're just plain butter noodles. Plain noodles, no butter. Okay, that's a little extreme. Just nothing on the noodles and there's just buffalo, nothing, it's just buffalo chicken on top. <laughs> okay, I got to try that. I'll add it to the list. If it works, it's it works. Good. 
I, I mean, to be fair, I had that before I was pregnant, but I was really craving it that day. I'm like, oh my god, I need some buffalo sauce right now. <laughs> that was the day we found out I was pregnant. So, like, hey, I'm gonna go run to the store and get a pregnancy test. I'll get back to you. What was like, Ox's reaction? I know he made you take a bunch of them, right? Yes, he's like, I have to be sure that you are actually pregnant. This is so exciting. This is the best day of my life. He's like calling everybody. And then there's me. I'm just like, okay, so who do I tell? Because you already told everybody. (laughs) This is your day. You should get some of the the excitement. I did call my twin and she cried. Aww. Okay, so here's something I'm really interested in is I remember way back when, because I read all of Bowtie Ox's tweets religiously, I take notes and I just take in as much knowledge as I possibly can. Um, yes. He said years ago or something, well, your guys' plan is to homeschool the kids between the two of you up until yes. a certain age. And then you're going to bring in expert tutors for different subject areas. Can you walk me through exactly what that what the idea is, if not concrete. The first developmental years, we want to teach them like the core values and like what's best for their cognitive development. But then like as they age and have their own interests, uh, whatever they lean toward, we want them to be able to have that opportunity to learn about it. Yeah, that I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. And one of the things that I mean, my mom did a very similar thing with us um, when we come home for school, like school wasn't over. And but it was a lot more fun to do school with my mom than to do it in the public school. And you also can tailor how difficult the subject is like if your kid is really good at math, and maybe they're at grade level for reading, you can do harder math at home and you can tailor it to them for what's best for them. My roommate is a public school teacher and she does third grade and fourth grade in the same classroom. And she oh said the the level of ability is so, there's so much diversity and variety within her class of 25 kids. And 50% of them are not at grade level now because of COVID. Okay. So like, it's really, really, really difficult from a teacher's perspective. And I think the public school system is just going to, fall off a cliff even more than it already has so I think planning private school or homeschool those are like really the only two viable options yeah and then bringing in tutors and stuff that's a super cool angle we want to do that because I went to college I did really well whatever but I was doing core curriculum I was just taking standardized tests that anybody can do that you know yeah I want to see my kid like well kids I want to see them be able to excel further than I ever did because I don't think my education is going to be anything in comparison to what they're going to be able to do. Yeah. And if you guys have the resources and the ability to do that, like you're going to have little philosophers and scientists and (laughs) like, mom, look at what I made. Okay, sweetie. That's really, (laughs) what does it do? Because I have no idea. (laughs) Would the idea be that the basics are still covered by you guys. Like, let's say your kid is really, really into science and physics, for instance. So you hire a tutor for that. Do you bring in tutor for the other subject areas or are you teaching them the standardized levels of reading and writing on your own as well? So I would say both. We both excel in all of those areas. Ox more so with math, me more so with writing, but we'll still have tutors come in too. 
like if somebody else has more insight i guess yeah we want them to have access to that too i know that's not possible for everybody so i don't want to sound like a prude like oh this is how you should be raising your kids like obviously i'm not shallow i understand it's not a reality for everybody i mean if you have the ability the time the money like why not bring in a genius to teach your kids something covid i mean all these kids i was doing a little bit of research just into where the the standardized testing scores are at and it's horrific like down four percent in one year in reading down five percent in math and it's never declined in a year for math before lowest average act score since 1991 like the kids are two or three years behind right now and what i noticed though is that a lot of the really really rich kids they did exactly what you're saying they hired tutors to come into their house and teach them during covid so the normal kids were trapped online not learning anything in the education gap just widened even further. So if you have the resources, it's time to play hardball with your kid. Like, Right. That is so sad. I, I know. Like, like that happened. I know. I can't even think about it <laughs> too much. Or I get too angry. But my roommate said that they're the behaviors are so much worse because of COVID because they're so much more anxious. They are not as mature socially. So right. They're the size of a nine-year-old, but they have the social capacity of a seven-year-old. And suddenly they're a bigger kid, like pushing kids around and stuff. And it, it just is not a good situation whatsoever. Right. Socializing with kids changes everything. Like other kids, I mean, if you don't have access to that, you don't develop the behavior that you need to, to like be successful in life. And how we're going to like cope with that is putting them in sports and getting involved yeah. in the community. And there's like homeschooling uh, groups that you can get associated with where you group learn, kind of like what Cernovich does. Right, right. You're still really in charge of what's happening to them when they're super right. young, but they're still getting exposed to other kids because the common theme with homeschool kids is that they come out weird because they don't interact with kids. But there's definitely ways you can circumvent that. Yeah, you have me more on the homeschooling track than before. Before I was like on the Catholic school, like what's wrong with yeah. Catholic school, you know? But now I'm like, okay, if I can bring in an, an astrophysicist and have him teach my kid about right. the solar system, like why not? <laughs> right, like that would be so cool. And then they have a better experience than being taught at the same time as 25 other kids, you know? Yeah, because even if they're not being taught like crazy critical race theory gender theory things by crazy teachers you still oh, have to <laughs> you still have to address the different levels of ability within a classroom when you don't do homeschool exactly and if your kids are going to be gifted as i know yours are going to be oh, you can't yeah. hamstring them like that what my mom would do is like she would say okay you can earn a new ipod touch and she's like you can earn it by watching these documentaries and taking a quiz or you can earn it by doing this extra geometry textbook over the summer and so she had me reading and doing all that kind of stuff and I was working for those kinds of things your mom sounds so awesome <laughs> my dad wasn't super happy about it because I would come to him and I'd be like all right dad I have 450 dollars saved up and he's like where'd you get the money from and I was like <laughs> And my mom was like, well, she took this quiz and she did this book. And 
It was a very good cookie. She did yeah. all the work, so yeah. I gave her money. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay, so super interesting topic of homeschooling and private tutors. But I think we're very similar in this regard and probably with a lot of other women in the jungle that, you know, we have a lot of things we want to do with our lives. We're really ambitious. We're also rather capable. I mean, you have a degree in architecture. You've won these bodybuilding competitions. Do you ever think about what else you could be doing other than being a stay-at-home mom? And if not, why is being a stay-at-home mom your main goal, what you most want to do? I will say I've never really had the desire to do anything else. I, yeah. I've been so excited to be a mom since I've met Ox. Sure, I got my degree and I was in college. But even then, I was like, why am I doing this? I don't want to do this. I want to be at home with my husband. And mm-hmm. I want to have babies. <laughs> but I still get to do whatever I want to do. Like bodybuilding, I got to focus on it for three or four months of training in nutrition. That's all I had to think about. I didn't have to think about tomorrow's nine to five because Ox gave me the opportunity to just be a stay-at-home mom. I think it really just depends on what you want to do. I think it's awesome that women have jobs and Mm -hmm. they're super successful and that's just what they want to do. But I feel like my sole purpose was to be a mom. I think it, it just varies woman to woman. Okay, so you're not going to say overarchingly that women should be stay-at-home moms. Because a lot of people take that position. They think all women were designed for that. But you would say that maybe some women, their lives are better suited, you know, being more independent as, like, a career woman. Yeah, because, like, if you look back in history, we wouldn't have had, like, women's suffrage. We wouldn't have had that if that was what they wanted to do was be a stay-at-home mom. True, very true. Like, there's so many women that just, they're not, I guess, not constructed for it. And that's fine. There are some people that I believe should not have kids. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. But I'm not saying, like, that's for me. (laughs) I I definitely, from day one, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm like, oh, my God, it's an opportunity for me that I actually get to do. Yeah, sign me up, please. But I'm never going to be the person to say, like, this is how you should live your life. Listen to me. I'm right. I'm always going to say, do whatever makes you happy. I think if more people thought like this, like we're libertarian, view-minded kind of, like we would be a much happier society. Mm. I mean, I think there are a lot of women that never find husbands. What are they going to do? They're just going to be poor and not do anything for themselves and just hope that they find a husband? No. (laughs) Yeah, I I think there are some women who are really against the idea of being not only a mom but a stay-at-home mom which is fine you don't need to but I do wonder like what is that woman going to do even if she gets married like at 50 years old what is your life filled with if you don't have kids I resonate with that too like I I've watched so many of my friends they're just not interested in having kids and I'm like how can you deny yourself this opportunity Mm -hmm. but I'll never understand because that's not what I want for myself, but I'm not going to be the person that's like, you should definitely have kids. Like, I don't know if they would be a good mom. I don't know if they'd be a good fit for having children and raising them and sending them off into the world, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to be the person to tell them, like, this is what you have to do. You're going to miss out on so much. Like, that's just their choice at the end of the day. 
I think I agree with that partially. Like there are some people, like I have a friend who grew up in a really, really tough situation and she firmly believes that some people should not be encouraged to have kids and that it should only be for the people who really want to do it um, yeah. because the kid is the one that has to suffer the consequences of that, which mm-hmm. I really do understand. But I also think part of it is that women in our generation right now don't think they're going to want to have kids. And that's not, yeah, it's not and that's presented not to them. That That's completely different. The, what the best thing to say here is we have to use nuance with every, every situation. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say like in college, I was kind of indoctrinated for yeah. a year there. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Being a mom probably isn't the best fit for me because I found out that I didn't really have the best childhood. Mm-hmm. I would have never known had I stayed in my hometown. Mm-hmm. Because everybody grew up similar around me. Aside from that, if we really get like indoctrinated, like take this pill, don't have babies, you you just focus on your career, you don't need to make a life for yourself. I think a lot of people get brainwashed, mostly in college, <laughs> but not always. There, There is a point where it's like, are, are you sure you're making this choice for you or are you making it because that's what you were told to do? Yeah. Yeah, and I think... The unfortunate piece of it for women is that you have to make that decision earlier in your life than a guy does. Yeah. And you have fewer chances to fix it if you decide you made the wrong one. Right. And that's, Um, like, even the interview with Jennifer uh, Aniston the other day, she's like, I wish I would have frozen some of my eggs because she's at that point where, like, she can't have kids anymore. mm -hmm. And she... She's like, man, I really wish somebody would have told me, like, have your eggs frozen so you have an opportunity to have the kids mm-hmm. later in life. And I just think it's sad that so many people get ripped of that opportunity without even realizing, like, oh, hey, I actually did want that. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can just, oh, hey, I'm 45. Let's have a baby. Yeah. Whereas a guy. They have sperm endlessly. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just the shitty end of the stick. Excuse my French. That Dear we God. Get <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. So that's why I'm like, I, I understand the libertarian. Like, some people don't want to do this. It's not your life. Like, don't tell them to do this. But also, like, all the girls around me that I love, like, I'm talking about babies constantly, about marriage oh, yeah, constantly, no. you know? Like, this is what I think every one of us should do. This is what's good for us. <laughs> definitely drop those bombs all the time like anytime I'm out with friends I'm like yeah you know what would fix that if you got pregnant (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh I have I have this uh small addiction I'm like you know what fix that pregnancy you just drop it in I'll just keep being pushy um (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm, I really think about it though because I'm already at the point where like I graduated college I'm in the nine to five and I'm already bored, you know, and like on the weekends, the typical thing for our age group to do would be to like go to bars and have fun all the time and brunch and all these things. And like, I'm already bored. I've done this yeah. for so long. I feel like there's got to be a next step here. And the natural next step is family and motherhood. Right. And I, I think that had a lot to do with um, me meeting Ox so young. I'm like, wow, I already went out and did all of this stuff. I'm not interested anymore. Like, I just want to stay home and focus on my family. Yeah. When I go to the bars with my friends now and just kind of see the the harrowing mating 
rituals taking place it's <laughs> like it makes me very happy that I already have my guy I don't want to do any I don't want to be anywhere near that it's it's right. pretty bleak I'm yeah. so glad I never had to experience like dating apps oh yeah I'm just, I'm just like okay cool I mean like that it's cool when people do meet people that way and they end up like in good relationships but that doesn't that's not always the case it's usually just hookup culture yeah yeah but I'm so glad that I just like went out and I'm like I'm gonna go find a husband today as a joke (laughs) and then I found him (laughs) are you serious that was the same day (laughs) yeah the same day I'm just like all right I'm gonna go find a husband today scoping the beach sea ox beautiful man his sunscreen's messed up I'm like I'm gonna go fix that for him wow but it took two two um interactions for him that like asked me on a date so that was interaction number one was fixing his sunscreen mm-hmm. and then we passed each other again like an hour later his sunscreen was messed up again I'm like this is not a coincidence Let me fix <laughs> and he's like so what are you doing later I'm like oh date Oh, that is so cute. It's like a it's like a um a Hallmark movie or something. That's how yeah. it was in the olden days too. You actually had to meet yeah. someone. Back in the day, all you had to do is drop your hanky and then <laughs> yeah. up for you like, Did you drop this? I think about some of the old, like traditional things that our grandparents would think were very normal and then they see what a lot of kids do in this age group now. It's just so mm-hmm. It's so grimy, a lot of it. And it's really sad. Yeah. Like, we've lost so much touch. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know how you put that back people. in a box. Like, the internet generation of everyone on your phones. Like, I wish we didn't do that. But it's also, like, an extension of us. We're like robots. Yeah. Like, it's great that we have this technology, but it's also like, oh, my God. Why did we do this to our species? Yeah. And, I mean, we were the guinea pigs, so... They don't really know the the ramifications beyond us. It's just, I think it's just going to get super, super duper weird. <laughs> I think some people are going to really push back against the pendulum, though, and say no no phones, no screens for their kids because they know um, what, what they would like for them. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what I, that's one thing I've been thinking about heavily. Like, my nieces have tablets mm. and they're like glued to them. And I'm like, I don't want any of my kids like younger than 12 maybe with any kind of technology like that once you get to a certain age we're going to teach you how to make wi-fi money but (laughs) you're not on your ipad to play games and watch videos and just have your mind sucked out of you yeah oh bad behavior let me calm you down with this special box right it seems like lazy parenting but also you know, if you have four kids, they're screaming at you in the restaurant. Like, I understand that there's this really easy way to fix that now that wasn't there before. Like, I get I, it. I don't want to sound judgy when I say stuff like that because I know every parent is different. But for me personally, like, that's my that's what I want to do for my kids. I am super on the fence about everything. Yeah. Everybody sees the world in black and white when there's a lot of gray. too. Yes, yes. Like, in some instances, it's okay to give your child a tablet, maybe, if they want to play a game for 30 minutes. Okay. But six hours all day long on a tablet, definitely not okay. 
Right. Like when I walk by the couch and I see my kids just chilling on the tablet, no interaction with me whatsoever. That's when you have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. When do you think you'll have another one? Um, probably like a year, maybe two. Yeah. Probably give my body two years. It just depends, you know, hormones, how my recovery goes. Right. Right. I don't want to push it like too early because I always recommend like two to three years in between a baby for nutrient purposes. You, mm. Your body is getting taxed so much, even on just one baby. So having them back to back, you run the risk for like diastasis recti, higher chance of it if you have a baby back to back. Um, what is that? I, I wrote a post on it. It's like when you're at your core settings. Oh. It, it does it naturally when you give birth, but it's supposed to go back to uh, equilibrium, like right after pregnancy, like after um, delivery. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you run the risk of having split abs for a long time afterward until you fix it. But you have a higher risk when you have back-to-back pregnancies. And then, like, the child not coming out as symmetrical as the first one. It's, it has a lot to do with uh, epigenetics. If you look into um, a great book, Deep Nutrition, in there it mentions, like, how the second sibling doesn't get as much, usually if you have a back-to-back pregnancy. So you want to give your body enough time to, like, recuperate and get ready for the next one. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. This is the most taxing thing your body has probably ever done. So doing it back to back. Do you think having twins is significantly more stressful on your body? Or is that really the efficient way to do it? (laughs) I think both. Like, it would be way more stressful to have twins. But super efficiency. I mean, that would be the dream. I think I want three or four. So one set of twins would save me a lot of time. (laughs) Right. My my biggest uh, dream was have six sets of twins. Oh my god! But obviously that didn't work out in my favor. And were you guys planning on having one, or was it just like lucky? We were like planning, but not like tracking yet. Yeah, yeah. But that was the first the first month tracked. I don't know how many details you want. <laughs> um, the first the first time that we tracked my ovulation, I got pregnant. Oh wow. Yeah, so, like, we weren't exactly trying, but we weren't, like, we don't want a kid right now. Right, we definitely right. want a baby. We just were, like, whatever happens, happens. And that's probably the best way to do it, too. Because if you stress out too much about having a kid, you run the risk of having too much stress, and then your fertility is affected. Like, you're not going to have good chances of getting pregnant if you're thinking about it too much. Yeah. There's so many factors that go into it. And so something I was interested in, especially with like a certain medical intervention that was pressured on a lot of people in the past two years, like what's Mm -hmm. happening with fertility and why are birth rates so low? Part of it, I think, is women are aging out. So they're not having kids during their fertile window. And that is now catching up to us. But I also think women you know, as we know, so many are overweight. <laughs> that makes it a lot harder to have a kid too. Yeah, your health, right? Grimhood said something like the biggest determinant of the health of your baby is your diet for the three years before you got pregnant or something like that. Yes. 
which I don't think people are aware that three years before you get pregnant, that's a long time. I think people turn up when they're pregnant. They really, oh, I got it. This is for my kid. But they don't know that there's that three years beforehand. Yeah. And there's so many sources too that will give you this information that's like, oh, well, you only need six, three to six months of preparation for a kid. That's not true. Like, it's not enough time for your body to prepare for something so drastic. I mean, obviously, a healthy lifestyle all the time is best for you anyways. But I think that if people knew that, more girls would take it seriously. They'd probably stop drinking a little bit less and all that kind of thing. Alcoholism is like the major thing. Yeah. I stopped drinking basically because I just didn't want to be hungover anymore. And now if I have one drink, I feel it uh, hungover wise the next day. Like I just feel so gross. Not that I would ever drink pregnant. I'm not saying that at all. So this is a disclaimer. Okay. But like just having a whiff of the smell of alcohol makes me so sick. Yeah. Like I want to throw up. That's just a telltale sign. Like it's not good for you. You shouldn't be having it anyway. Yeah. But like if your baby's like, ew. Yeah. Then yeah. obviously yeah. there's something going on with it, you know. I like I'll have an occasional um glass of wine or whatever with ox pre-pregnancy but I I stopped drinking months prior I didn't go overboard like no you can't have a drop at all but you know some people like that that's just how they have to do it because they can't control how much they drink it's really it just person to person yeah everything everything is very individualized I think that is the thesis of our conversation (laughs) I am Switzerland (laughs) the queen of nuance (laughs) talking about nuance so you're really good at the gym do you think there's anything that women should do differently in the gym whatsoever than men not when they're pregnant just when they're trying to get yoked honestly no but I am learning more and more about like training with your cycle I just know certain stages you have more chance for muscle growth and, like, you, you want to go based off of your energy levels. You don't want to, like, overwork yourself because overtraining plays a lot into how your body's going to recover. But, honestly, no. I wouldn't change anything. I've been doing the same thing Ox has done for almost five years. And physically, my body has not changed from feminine to masculine in any way whatsoever. Like, if anything, I look more feminine than when he met me. Yeah. So I wouldn't change anything. I would focus more on like shoulders versus chest or instead of my quads, I'm going to focus on my glutes. But I mean, that's just girl stuff. Do you think any girls have body types that if they were to lift in the gym, it does make them look bulkier? Really, the only way to get a masculine build being a woman is by taking like steroids, in my opinion. I mean, if you overtrain... Use a crossfitter, for example. That's exactly what I'm picturing, yeah. Okay, so, like, compound movements at very heavy weights, at very high repetitions, like, yeah, your abdomen is going to get blown out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but, like... No, totally, totally. CrossFit definitely beefs up girls much faster, and that's why I stick to bodybuilding, because I don't want that body type, but I'm not saying that's a bad body type. If that's what you're going for, then sure, do CrossFit, but compound movements in general, if you're not doing a certain way, um, they kind of blow out your abdomen. 
guy abs. Yeah. But I wouldn't change my specific workout regimen. The so. average woman is not doing crossfitting level stuff that she's going to look like um, a Sigmund daughter, a really good crossfitter girls, like where they are just so massive. The average woman is just trying to get into the gym. So the right. idea that she's going to get bulky is pretty, pretty silly. Yeah, I think a lot of women get uh, discouraged when they see specific um, training styles and they're like, I don't want to be like that. Yeah. But usually, like, that's not the type of training that we're prescribing anyway. So uh, when you say weightlifting, it you have to use nuance there, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, what kind of weightlifting are you doing? Are you doing power? Are you doing endurance? Are you doing – what are you doing? <laughs> I noticed you started tweeting a bit more about like yoga, stretching, that oh, kind of yeah. thing. How does that interplay with your bodybuilding exercises? It, it definitely helps with like my mobility and my flexibility, but it also opens up areas that were so tight before, but it's not to be confused with just static stretching, even though I call it glorified stretching. And I've been reading a lot of stuff lately. It's like, well, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't do yoga because you're not honoring your God. And I'm like, what, what? did I step into? What? Oh, because is it like a Buddhist spiritual, like people who do yeah. yoga are very spiritual? Oh, that's so stupid. That's why I call it glorified stretching because I'm not chanting and praying to a certain God when I'm doing yoga. I'm just doing yoga, you know? Starting a nine to five job has made me notice that I get really tight in like my hips and my hamstrings because I sit a lot more. Unfortunately, I still get yeah. my 10,000 steps. Don't worry. But oh, <laughs> I've noticed that like I really feel it. So now I've been trying to be better about the stretching out the, the hip flexors specifically. Some of my favorite poses for that are like frog pose. Mm hmm hip hinges it, it just opens up your body and you feel better after you do it what are your thoughts on like pilates or bar honestly like if you're not interested in weightlifting i think pilates are great mm -hmm. um like the two most recent subsects i've released are at home workouts mm -hmm. i understand there's a lot of girls that are intimidated by lifting weights and that's fine you can still get a good workout in and get your heart going just by doing basic at-home workouts. And that's kind of how I view Pilates, even though you are using some weight. I think it's a great way to stay in shape. I don't think it's a great method for growing muscle, though. Right. But that's all in preference. I think it makes a lot of sense to, like, cross-train with it. You're just moving your body in a different way. And, and maybe lifting weights is a little jerkier, and then Pilates is a lot more flow and like calmer like it makes a lot of sense to just do both you're not gonna build a butt doing yoga <laughs> yeah you do what you want to do yeah but don't tell me that my way is wrong because yeah. that's what works for me here i am being switzerland again <laughs> <laughs> do you have any hard and fast takes that you feel so strongly about no nuance whatsoever the, i don't know why this was the first thing to pop into my head abortion Mm. I would never, ever, ever in a million years get one myself. But I also would not tell somebody else what to do. So that I, one, I disagree on that one. But I also don't want them to do it, you know? Yeah. So why like, wouldn't I, you tell them not I, to? I had a friend call me once and she's like, hey, I'm pregnant. I'm like, oh my God, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. 
whatever. She's like, no, I'm not keeping it. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm crying right now. She's like, why are you crying? I'm like, that is so sad. Why are you killing your baby? So, like, I have an emotional response to it, but logically, I I can't bring myself to be like, no, you can't do that for yourself. Like, I don't think there should be a regulation on it. Mm. That's a personal up-to-you thing. But I don't know. I I guess I just need to have more exposure. I think you're really nice. I think that's the thing. It's just you're really nice, and you don't want to force your way of life on other people. And I think I used to be that way, but now... On the abortion topic specifically, number one, I would say push back on that friend just because, A, that's another life that's involved, and right. I think they it's wrong. They to defend themselves. So and, I do see that side too. Yeah. And then I would also say that, you know, I was talking about this with Ranger a couple of weeks ago, like, mm-hmm. she may that's think that's really what she what, wants. I think that's what think of it. Yeah, it's like, she that's what she thinks she wants today. But at the very least, I would communicate to her, like, this is a permanent decision. This is forever. Like, I totally disagree with this. I don't think this is what's best for you. Whether that's me, like, preventing her from going to the Planned Parenthood, that's one thing. But also, like, I would, it's really, really difficult because I have friends that I love that make choices that I don't agree with. And I'm really wrestling right now with, like, how do you communicate to that to them? Because you're not their mom. You're their friend. So it's really tough. I think that's where my, like, standpoint comes from there, because I never want to tell somebody how to live their life, but I also know that there's consequences with every decision that you make. Yeah. And I know so many women that are like, man, I really wish I wouldn't have done that. Like, yeah, I feel so bad. I do make people aware, like, this is what you're going to go through, but still let them make their own decision even if you have like a solid argument against something you're not gonna have a hundred percent people on board you know there's a really fine line especially with friends of like advising but also it's not your life and you have to like let them do as they do like it's a really tough thing for me too because I used to be a diehard libertarian and now I'm becoming like a right-wing social conservative (laughs) so there's a huge potential that I am batshit crazy and completely wrong but also I think (laughs) I'm right like I think I am so then don't I have to tell my friend that I think she's doing something that she's gonna regret no I totally get that and I used to be so much more solid on my opinions too like I used to be no you have to do it this way (laughs) like it's black and white thinking but I've over the years grown a little more nuanced because things are so different this day and age I don't know (laughs) I know it's a really really hard conversation to have I just wish women were not put in the position where that was even on the table and that's really what the issue is we we got this situation thrown at us like oh you don't have a consequence yeah for anything that you do like there's birth control for that there's abortion for that like Uh you never have to take responsibility for any kind of decision that you make and I think having access to all of this stuff has just made everybody so jaded so I guess I am more like pro-life than I am pro-choice but I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I think jaded is a really really good way of putting it like and I know young girls that are like 23 24 years old that are jaded and there's so much life left you're 23 
you have your life ahead of you. Why are you so set on, well, all men are horrible. Yeah. I'm never having kids. I'm never going to meet anybody that I want to start a family with. And that just goes back to you have to find the right people in your life. Like, you have to surround yourself with positive people. It's easier said than done, but, like, they are out there. Mm -hmm. I'm really struggling with meeting new people in this city um, just because, especially coming from my background now, I know that it's going to be very difficult to have deep, meaningful conversations with the average girl that I meet at work or at the bar like you can talk about the the superficial stuff all day like that's fine but like a really good friend is gonna be difficult to find I've lived here for maybe two and a half to three months and I've made one friend (laughs) how'd you meet her uh one of Ox's friends (laughs) (laughs) wow uh we're making progress I like I'm friends with all of his friends as girlfriends right but it's so different than going out and meeting people and it's harder when you're freshly pregnant like you can't go out and oh totally I've had a few girls like come up to me in the gym like oh my god you're so awesome like obviously you're pregnant and you're working out that's so great like I want to be like you and I'm like cool we could be friends but it never really goes any further than I think what you're doing is awesome so I think we just have to be more friendly and branch out and really, like, initiate friendship. That's harder to do because our generation is so jaded. But I I think, really, if if you start out a conversation super positive, chances are you'll make friends with people that you don't even have the same opinions as. Yes, very true. It's very easy to charm people and be nice and make friends with people. It's just harder to keep that actual friend connection. Yeah, and if, especially if people are super busy with their jobs and their families and meeting up again, and then the husbands have to like each other, and there's a whole lot of... Exactly. But yeah. I think it's good for women, especially stay-at-home moms, to have a network of girlfriends, you know, that are maybe yeah. are even separate from your husband, just so that you have a little bit of your own thing. And I totally agree. And I'm going to make more of an effort the next couple months. I think the mommy groups will be very helpful. And then eventually your kids will make friends and you'll meet their parents. And they're out there. They're out there. You just got to be willing to actually, like, do something about it. Or you could just talk to anonymous cartoons on the internet all day. That's your other option. Yeah, that's totally healthy. (laughs) That's all all you need. (laughs) Sometimes I look back and I'm like, a year ago today, before I joined, who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought? No, I'm the same way. I'm like, huh, interesting. Interesting. I wonder what the next 15 months will entail then. Yeah. No, I think we're going to have some really awesome stuff happen. Well, this was so fun. I had so much fun. I am out of breath. <laughs> For those who may be listening, where can they find your Substack or other content that you're making? Twitter, at Bowtied Heifer. Uh, my Substack is, I think, linked in my bio. And then my art website is my pin tweet. I'm yeah. not really making any new art right now, but I will be in the future once baby is here. I guess I could call him by his name. Everybody knows it's Chad. It's not a joke. <laughs> awesome (laughs) for those who need like a twitter profile pic or something heifer's the girl to call 
I think you you again for coming on. Like this was so fun and everyone go, go look for her stuff. Yes. Thank you so much for having me.